I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners, and welcome to uh, another episode of Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Today... Things are going to be a little bit different. My uh, lovely and talented co-host, Tara, is not feeling well. So uh, if you normally come on for her, uh, the dulcet tones of her voice, I have bad news for you. I'm so sorry. Hopefully you'll stick around for my uh, somehow both uh, a little bassy but also nasally and and, and pinched tones. But, But I have good news. To help me... With this episode, we have brought back Carly from our Klaus episode. Uh, Carly, say hello. Hello. We're very glad to. I'm. I'm. I'm very glad to have you back. I can't imagine trying to do this just on my own. <laughs> um, Carly, if you haven't listened to the Klaus episode, first of all, go watch Klaus. Second of all, go back and listen to the Klaus episode. <laughs> Um, but she is an animator in her own right. Uh, I don't know what the last, I, I think you're literally the last person we've recorded with. <laughs> oh. Well, it was before holidays. Right. And so all of that has gone out the window. What is, you worked on Inspector Gadget for Netflix. Yep. Uh, was it Netflix? Oh gosh. I think it, it was on Netflix, Netflix for oh, us. Oh, uh, for Canada it was a family channel, I believe. Right, um, so that, that's that's how I remember. So it, yeah. I first started on Inspector Gadget, and then I did I think before Bob the Builder. I worked on the Doozers Ooh. for a bit. Oh, um, okay. So I don't know if you said this last time. I love rock stuff. <laughs> um, it was like literally only a few episodes, just until Bob the Builder was ready to go, and then don't don't diminish <laughs> as someone as someone who people go like oh my god you worked on skyrim i always go yeah but i just no you'd be like yeah, yeah. i worked on doozers doozers um and then after bob the builder i worked on a brand new show called rev and roll it it's like a, another young kid show and it was very fun to work on but also because it was like brand new it also had a lot of growing pains mm-hmm um after that i moved to a new studio and worked on fancy nancy for disney and then i'm on my current production for sesame street oh okay now could you have told us last time that you're on sesame street i think you could um i no i think i because i know there's articles out of the shows announced uh called mecha builders um like literally you could google it and it will come up very cool yeah, it's always like trying to keep track of what NDAs have been lifted. And right, when. right. No, no. Listen, yeah, I've I've worked at a studio now that does work with a lot of other people, so I'm the same way. Where I'm like, "What are you working on? Yeah. Or what's going on at your studio?" I'm like, "I'm gonna have to come back to you in about 20 minutes as I gather all my yeah. thoughts on what I can and oh, can't tell you." At my previous studio, like when we knew that they had gotten Magic the Gathering, and we couldn't say it for months, and then they oh, finally wow. like, I think it was like august or something they finally lifted that and said like you can say you're working on this and i'm like finally (laughs) but i since went to a new studio though (laughs) well cool so today we are doing 2003's brother bear a movie i have not seen tara has not seen you have seen many times (laughs) yes okay so what 
memories do you have about Brother Bear? What made you want to do this episode? Why have you seen it multiple times other than you're just a animation junkie? Um, I, I, cause like, I didn't see it in theaters, but I was like that age demographic when it did come out. Mm, okay. Um, but I remember like my friend, she brought it over like the DVD copy because this is around the time when VHSs were finally getting phased out. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I just re- remember really enjoying it. Like, and as I even got older, like I still enjoy it. Um, and I just love watching like the animation in it, like especially now being in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once I started entering school too, um, I started like looking into artists to study and like take courses. So I'm not sure if like you'd seen them before, but last year I di- I had been like doing like daily art in the morning and then like oh yeah on- you did like the tiger yeah. and stuff like that uh, the, the so animal animation the courses I had been following for those uh, are done by. Who, one of the directors from this film. Oh, uh, Aaron Blaze. Aaron uh, Blaze. Yep. Yes, I have. I have info on him yep. now. I now just to let uh, our audience know real quick. I am <laughs> going between my notes, which are on my phone, and Tara's written notes. I'm going <laughs> to do the paper so everyone knows it's really here. Um, Aaron Blaze, who had previously done the animation for uh, kind of the th- the gang of three on Mulan, Raja in Aladdin, and young yep. Nala in Lion yep. King. Um, this was a directing team, so it was him and, and Bob Walker. Yes. And this was a directing team with a lot of hair. Does he still have long hair like he did in the uh, no. <laughs> making of, I saw? <laughs> no. I've seen some photos over the years, because um, I did like meet him a few years ago. And very, very nice guy, just passionate about art. Um, mm-hmm. And still like very much loves like w- wildlife and animals and drawing them because he regularly goes out to like Yellowstone to sketch them. Now, see, that's what they sh- said in the, uh, the making of is how he was interested in this project because he yep. liked drawing specifically bears, but yep. just wildlife in general. Mm-hmm. And this one, um, I mean, jumping in a little bit, this one was one where they were like looking at Bambi and that kind of movie as an inspiration. Yeah. Even though there are humans in here, there's a lot of the movie where it's just animals. And I think I thought this was a Canadian movie. Oh, because of Rotten Took, probably. Yes, probably. Who are played by, you know, um, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, 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 you know, overstep my bounds. You can correct me <laughs> as an actual Canadian, but like, uh, kind of the the McKenzie brothers or national yeah. heroes in um, your land, <laughs> basically, because it's like the same actors and they were yeah, doing Rick Moranis their... and Dave Thomas. Yeah. Uh, and they're basically just doing their Bob and Doug, per- like performance that they did on like Great White North, right? Or uh, Strange Brew was the movie they did okay. um, with those characters, and was it on SATV too? Probably. Like it's they're they're kind of, for for our uh, stateside uh, listeners because I found I really liked uh, I liked that character those characters. Now I think when I enjoy them, I haven't looked them up in a long time because I think when I thought they were interesting when I was renting Strange Brew from Blockbuster <laughs> and that sort of thing. Um, YouTube didn't exist, so I couldn't just go like Bob and Doug McKenzie and yeah. look up stuff. I had to like actively yeah. be searching, you know, waiting for something to come up on Comedy Central or whatever. Um, they are now is are they a specific Canadian stereotype? Like, is there like a term like we would say like redneck here or something like that? Um, hard to say. Like, 
it, it's just it's that's usually like the go-to accent i think that they right. use for canadians in media right right so it's just a general canadian yeah uh, 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 stereotype. They're kind of like, and, and they used to be, and it, the idea was they had a show like Wayne's World where they would just talk about Canadian stuff and they drank a lot of beer. Strange Brew is about them inheriting a brewery. It's a very, you know, ridiculous movie. Um, a lot of fun. I, I, I liked a lot, but I just was curious to get your take on, on them as like, again, me talking about them here, people were like, like Tara had no idea who they were. <laughs> I've talked about them before, and people are like, "Who are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Well, oh, I think they're hilarious. Like, and in this movie, they're, they're still hilarious. Like, they're probably my favorite characters in it because yes. they just add a lot of charm to it. Uh, and actually, a personal favorite. And we won't see it in the movie because it's more on like the DVD release of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know how like movies will usually have like director commentaries. There's a commentary from those characters. Yeah, and it's just them doing like commentating in character on the movie that's really funny it it is so good that's the thing i miss about you know everything being on streaming is i wish more streaming would offer multiple audio tracks yeah like disney plus should have that audio track on there i I, it's it's kind of the bummer it's why i still get physical media even though it makes me seem like an old man yelling at the clouds (laughs) now you mentioned um both of those characters names right and toque Yes, and I want to take a moment oh, one of this. and have a little toque talk because I was ready to do this when Tara was here because it has been a big form of contention in this house with it being the, the winter months lately um, where I have started referring to uh, knit caps is what she calls them as tooks, which is tooks. what you tooks, tooks is what you guys tooks, not tooks. <laughs> is it full of a toque? Which is which is the one? Never mind. Anyway, um, uh, which is what you guys call them up north? And then I asked you on the Discord server we're both a part of, which has a lot of Canadians on it, uh, about that, and everyone laughed at me when I brought up the term ski beanie. And you said you were laughing every time you thought of the term ski well, beanie. It's just even it just sounds so funny. I mean, it's a funny little rhyme. It's just, that's what I've called them. So now I'm curious, and I'm putting this out to our listeners. Uh, what do you call ski beanies? What do you call knit caps for, you know, little a toboggans, another thing I've heard, but I feel like that's such a specific other thing. Yeah, that that one was like, because when someone said that, I'm like, are you, do you like just like put a crazy carpet on your head or a sled? I was about to say, yeah, it's a sled is the one I know. What you, what's a crazy carpet? Uh, basically it's a type of toboggan and literally it's like pure plastic and you sit on it and because there's no friction, you go flying. But it's called crazy carpet. That's hilarious. Have you seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Uh, just about every year. Yeah, where he sprays the stuff on the... (laughs) Yes, it's kind of like that, but just instead of a straight line, you're just like twirling and going all over the place on it. Now, I'll tell you a, a funny story because we live in Texas, obviously. And uh, one year before, I think it was the, the Christmas before the pandemic, so 2019, we went down mm-hmm. to the Capitol to see a tree lighting. And as we're getting close to the Capitol, Capitol's on a little bit of a hill. Like, it's just a little higher than the, the ground around it. It's such a, yes. s- a small hill, but still. Uh, as we're getting closer, Tara, we just start hearing the sound of children just going crazy. Just, <laughs> yay! And Tara's like, what are they doing? And we get closer, and it's every square inch of, like, elevated hill slope 
is covered with kids on cardboard boxes like like or or yeah. just a piece of cardboard sliding down just the grass and tara lost her mind because she's like is this sledding in texas and i'm like well we don't get <laughs> snow so shrug like this is what it is but um let's let's dive in real quick and feel free i'm gonna kind of go through some uh Tara's notes. I'm going to try and go through both of them at the same time. So bear with me, people. Hopefully we've edited this so you're not uh, uh, dealing with a lot of pauses as I'm I'm flipping things. Uh, this movie came out in 2003, and it is the, uh, the movie that came out after Treasure Planet, which was the big box office bomb, and in a lot of ways feels like the one that kind of set back disney animation for a while or at least because uh, i think this movie and home on the range are the ones where they go okay let's take money out of marketing let's take money yep. you know let's whatever we've got let's just get it Switch across the 3D. finish line yeah and they start focusing on chicken little um on um after that is bolt i believe oh no meet the robinsons yes and then bolt and then finally we come back with princess and the frog now to give a little transparency to our uh, listeners we have recorded Home on the Range and uh, Chicken Little, and we're kind of coming back and doing this one. And I will say, I don't want to give a lot of spoilers for especially the Home on the Range one, but I will say, after watching Home on the Range, considering I had very low thoughts about like this four run of movies between Brother Bear and Meet the Robinsons, I am excited to see this one. So that'll give you a little hint for what we thought about Home on the Range. Um, 2003 in movies, number one at the box office that year is Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Uh, next is Finding Nemo, which actually beat out Brother Bear, both nominated yep. for Best uh, Animated Movie in the Academy Awards. This uh, Finding Nemo beat it out. Uh, makes a lot of sense. And then The Matrix Reloaded, number three. And then just want to point out, number four, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, which is 100% a movie we will be doing on this podcast sometime in the future uh 46 million dollar budget again i think the budget kind of got cut underneath them after treasure planet um and but gross 250 million it looks like i don't know how much of that is at the box office uh home video sales whatever but still made money back for the for the studio so that's a good that's that's good Mm -hmm. um you said you saw this on dvd yes um like i just remember it was like a weekend my friend was come mm-hmm. over so she brought a few movies over that i hadn't seen before um so i think that weekend was like the first time i watched brother bear and the first time i watched spirited away too. oh okay, okay, okay uh so it was a good weekend of films so two things um, when, when when people say spirited away for some reason the first thing that pops in my head is uh th- that one that's like stallion spirit of the oh, summer spirit Oh, that that's such a good movie. It's it's that movie, but I will say it's got the worst title because you could move those three words into any position, and it you yep. that still sounds like a decent version of the title. Yep. So I think of that whenever anyone talks about Spirited Away. That's not what you meant. And then two, yep. when you said, "Oh, my friend came over," I understand you live in a civilized part of the world, but in my head, it's you're in a log cabin <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, and someone's coming over with like snowshoes and being like, "I brought Brother Bear." Like that's the first thing that pops in my head every time. And I want to apologize to you and any Canadian listeners we have. I just, I, I can't, I, I understand I'm prejudiced. I get the first thought that pops in there is that every time. So this takes place in a uh, kind of, I don't want to say prehistoric, but. Uh, um, it is kind of like an ice age yeah. era. 
Yeah. Because there are mammoths in this. Yes, absolutely. And I think the the animals are not are are are, are kind of like larger than they they are now. Yeah. Um it's in it's in Alaska and this is a uh a movie kind of dealing with the Inuit people. Um or yeah, like an- I think f- ancestors of them. Um I think they kind of from like stuff I've learned over the years, I think it was like their own invented tribe, but yes. it's very Inuit inspired. Yes. They did like their homework and also like looked up their stories, which is what inspired the story of Brother Bear. Yes, based off the uh, uh, myths of, of, of shamanistic like, culture and the of, like transformations and yes. to learn. Um, which I, you know, it, it's 2003, so let's give them the benefit of the doubt that it's 20 years before. And I know we had that big talk, uh, us being the podcast, not you and me, but about Pocahontas <laughs> and the whole like why they should have made a like myth from you know it didn't have to be yeah. real people and i think they're doing that here i now i don't have i i'm interested to see how they pull it off and that'll be something we'll kind of be looking through as we watch the movie yeah um do you think i mean you're not a first nations person that i know no. of um no but uh i mean like do you think they kind of gave some you know did it looks it, from what i saw in the making of it looked like they did their research yeah um like and i have done some studies in aboriginals because uh, I just find their culture fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to me personally. I think they did an okay job, and like it could always be improved upon. But right. I think they made the right choice of like doing their own original and then just respecting it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like, I think the most stereotype thing is the moose. Yeah, is is what's it's more of a slight on. Canadians in general, but yeah. I think I think we're, I think uh, if Canada is willing to forgive them for that, then I think we will be too. Oh yeah. Uh, now the other big thing that I think most people know about this movie is uh, the music is also done by Phil Collins, yep. so they brought him back. Apparently, he was <laughs> very excited to come back and ready to do another one. He also did a lot of work on the score this time. Yeah. So I think that because uh, actually a lot of the songs in this aren't actually performed by or like he's not singing. Yes, uh, they have because uh, like I know like the opening song is Tina Turner. I yes, um, and I forget who does the other song, but there are like some songs that he's singing, but it's a bit more variety than it was in Tarzan. One song he does with the Blind Boys of Alabama, which I was gonna get Tara with this uh, fact, but they do the. Uh, Intro to the Wire, uh, which is a great okay. song if you ever heard that. Um, now it's interesting because it, it, I think we talked about this a bit in Tarzan, how like quickly he came back with uh, "Here are the songs I have," and he did kind of the same thing here. But part of it was because they they didn't have a story when they went to him; they had like an idea and a story yeah. pitch. So he was so he ha- uh, literally said, "Think of me as one of the story guys," and he was coming back with with songs to kind of help with the story pitches and that sort of thing. And like yeah. we should do this here, and we should do that because uh, unlike Tarzan, uh, this was they were this was an original idea. Um, yeah. And there's a bunch of songs he did that apparently, well, he did one. Um, it was like the fish song, I think. So did or... you hear the story about how they told him that wasn't happening? Yeah, and they had to break the news to him. Well, they well it, it happened accidentally because the producer um, Chuck Williams. So <laughs> he they there, there's the song which I forgot what it's, it ends up being called, but it, like originally it was called like uh, Eat Fish, Swim and Play. Yeah. And it was kind of, they described it as a party. So it was kind of a party song. Kind of like yeah. Trashing the Camp, 
was yeah. just kind of a fun little song. And then they ended up wanting to make it a little more serious. But the way it happened was uh, Phil Collins called Chuck Williams' house. And Chuck Williams made this big thing. He's like, I don't have famous people call my house. I understand I'm a Disney producer, but like that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And his wife answered the phone and they were like, oh, hello, this is Phil Collins. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm a big, you know, they start, and he was very nice and started kind of talking to her. And she goes, oh, it's, I'm really sorry that they cut your fishing song. And he was like, wait, what? <laughs> and she was like, oh, no, they haven't told you. Yeah. And he like took the phone from her and was like, hi, I hate to, that to be the way you found out. But but we had to, we want you to change the song. And he was cool with it. Apparently, he came up with the idea for the song like in his pool. And just, um, you know, uh, basically uh, pitched the, the new song. He came up with yeah. the idea in his pool and was like, apparently that's his way of doing things is he just sings stuff and then he just writes it down and then works on it later. Yeah. Can you imagine like living with Phil Collins and he just throws out like a Phil Collins like song, like 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 one of his, his greatest hits. And then you're like, just as something he's singing in the shower. And you're just there for like, you know, Susudio or like yeah. <laughs> Land of Confusion or some yeah. amazing Phil Collins. So you're like, oh, that was, I heard him sing that on the toilet one time, you know, or just whatever. <laughs> the behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was really funny because they also talked in the making of about how they um, went to him and would say, hey, we have some feedback on the songs. And they were really, really hesitant about it because he's phil collins and he would say i didn't marry the song i just wrote it like you Mm -hmm. can tell me if something's not right if you don't like it it's fine um he also according to tara's notes did uh italian german spanish and french releases for the songs which is something he also had done on tarzan okay so he actually sang those versions of them nice i thought that was cool um a lot of interesting actors in this one. Joaquin Phoenix plays. Now, it's funny because I'm not familiar enough with this movie to know everyone's names. So I'm going to just throw oh. out like the characters oh. and not know their actual names because I haven't watched it. But Kanai, is he the, uh, the main character? Kenai. Kenai. Uh, yeah, he's the protagonist of this. Yes. Um. And that's Joaquin Phoenix. Um, we've got Jason Reyes as his uh, one of his brothers. Uh, he was the voice. He played Simba on Broadway. In the Lion King, okay, and then we have Aladar, the the white hot chemistry of Aladar's voice actor DB Sweeney is back. We all know how much I love the voice actors in Dinosaur, at least the main <laughs> ones. Um, but yeah, he's back as another one of the brothers. Um, Michael Clark Duncan is an older bear. Uh, they meet on the travels. Now, originally, he was supposed to be is it Kodai or Coda? Uh, basic. Yeah, Coda. Because, um, like, the original premise, it was going to be, like, a more father figure. Yes. And so he did the lines for that, but then they changed it to a younger brother. Yeah, so and... they gave him another character to kind of voice. Yeah. Um, I saw, like, in the in the thing, some other random characters. Greg Proops is a bear. Uh, Polly Plett, I believe is her name, who plays Abby on NCIS. Yet another thing I was going to really surprise Tara with, but she's not here, so she's a big <laughs> she's a big NCIS fan. Uh, she plays they play a couple bears in it. Um, yeah, so that's that's the voice cast pretty much. Um, one of the other things I was talking about a little bit earlier was its connections with Bambi, because I think um, as we're watching, we should look. Uh, you guys at home and then me and Carly look at the backgrounds in this because they're using yeah. a very similar style. We talked about the kind of like impressionistic, I believe they called it painterly naturalism in this mm-hmm. one, 
which is kind of the yeah. impression of like them as opposed to it looking yeah. super realistic. Did you know about that before this, going into it? Um, actually, I was going to add on to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so something to keep an eye on, and this is for like anyone, is they also changed the aspect ratio mid-film. Really? So basically, because you you know, like the rough synopsis, it's basically Kenai is turned into a bear. Yes. Um, so for the first portion when he is human, it, the aspect ratio is narrower and the wow. colors are more desaturated and kind of like cooler but once he's a bear the aspect ratio opens up huge it's bright and colorful it, it's a great transition does it go back or is the idea that he um it i think it stays the same for okay. the rest of the film i'm but... assuming he changes back at the end like i don't know i'm not spoiling anything okay 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 good um <laughs> i like like i'm telling you i know very little about this um, um that's really but it, cool. it's a very cool observation to see in it yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's something to look at um I'm just going to go through a couple of the quick notes I have on Tara's. Uh, I'm sure she's listening to this now going, you forgot this, you forgot this, but I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Um, this was the third and final film to be produced at Disney's Orlando Animation Facility. Yep. Uh, Kenai, you said is how it's pronounced? Yep. Kenai's age is never stated, but it's most likely 16 because 12 to 16 is considered the age of manhood of First Nation tribes, especially uh, the Inuits. Um it's the first Disney Animation Studios film to have post-credit scenes. Uh, something we see. I literally just got off the phone before this call with my sister because she had questions about post-credit scenes in the Eternals. <laughs> and I had to explain oh, things no. to her. It was interesting because um, I haven't seen it, but like I know everything that happens. In, I just yeah. go ahead and read what happens in Marvel movies. So I, so like... I'm more interested in how the story happens than I am like what happens. Like To me, those are just like... Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, so she was asking me these questions and it was, it was interesting to hear my sister. Um, I, she, I don't think she listens, but if she does, I just want to say, Kimberly, I'm very impressed with your Marvel knowledge. Cause she was really coming at me <laughs> with like, but what if this, then this, I know in the comics, it's like this. I'm like, you've never read a Marvel <laughs> comic in your life. Like this is just, I'm very impressed. Of course. I, I, and hopefully her kids uh, know that. Cause I know they're always like, our mom's not cool with stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, well actually there was a time when your mom was the cool one and we were the nerds. <laughs> but anyway, um, cave paintings, uh, they discover cave paintings never have been discovered in Northern parts of North America and Europe. So that's okay. a little, uh, a, a little bit of a misnomer, but I guess like we haven't discovered cave paintings there, but you know, maybe they've gone away. Cause isn't yeah. this like when it's happening? So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that's all the notes we have kind of the, the making of. Do you have anything else you want to say before we dive into this one? This one may be a little short because yeah. I'm very, very, very nervous about how... Because <laughs> Tara is the one who writes all the notes when we're watching yep. it. Whoo, I don't know if I'm going to be able to we're do it. We're on note-taking duty. I know. I'm, well, I'm going to do some. I'm usually better okay. at remembering things than she is immediately. That's why she takes the notes. But we'll see. So do you have anything else you wanted to, to pop in with before we start Not watching? Not that I can think of, uh, but I'll try to make comments as the movie goes. Yes. And we will write them down and we will bring them back to you, listeners. Um, this is the part where we're going to take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. Do you want to say see you on the other side, listeners? No, you can. Oh, I can't. It sounds weird saying <laughs> it. But anyway, see you on the other side, listeners. <laughs> We are back. 
And real quick first impressions. Uh, I gotta say, I really, really liked it. Um, I think I I think I would like it better on a second viewing because I think the whole time I kept trying to like in my head get ahead of it, which is something I do with movies lately. I don't know if you like sometimes I like I watch a movie. I go, oh, I think I would enjoy that now that I'm not trying to like anticipate what it is. Yeah, like because uh, first time watching you're like trying to guess like what's the mystery or like, yes, what's the big reveal going to be? And you're so caught up in that that you might not just sit and enjoy the ride. Right. So with that in mind, there's some stuff in this movie that like, I don't know if if you're listening to this and you haven't heard it before, just go check it out. Like it's really good and it's it's worth a little watch. And I think it's a little bit better to talk about it once we we know everything. And, and I won't like try and jump ahead of the plot, but there is stuff at the end that's kind of reveals that I didn't. I'll be honest, I didn't see coming. Not even like it's not like when you watch an M. Night Shyamalan movie and you're trying to figure out the reveal. Like, I didn't know there was a reveal to be had. Yeah. And and some of that I have to thank Carly for because I asked some questions that she could have easily been like, oh, well, maybe not spoiled it, but done something to reveal that there was something to be spoiled. And you were just like, oh, no, she's just blah, 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 or this and this and this yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what did you think having you know seen it before and seen it again? Um, I, like, cause I've watched this movie many times, like, I'm pretty sure I just rewatched it again, like, two months ago, or oh, really? two to three months, cause it, it's just, I, I enjoy watching it, like, it's kind of like a little road trip movie, I love the animation, um, like, my usual go-to, like, Disney movies is, like, this and The Lion King, I find, because mm. I, I just like watching the movies with animals, but I'm not going into Bambi territory, cause that one's just brutal. Oof. Yeah, 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 there's a lot of stuff I like about Bambi, but, like, you yeah. gotta be ready. Yeah. Um, I really liked how they animated the bears and it kind yes. of made me appreciate like Bongo and Baloo a little more because I think yeah. those are even more anthropomorphic than these. Yeah. But I know I remember like and listeners, you can't see this, but like the kind of slack hand thing that bears oh, with their do paws. with their paws. Yeah. And like they're always doing that. But this they always felt like even when they're up on hind legs, like they're obviously Disney animated bears, so they're anthropomorphic in a way, but they felt very bear-like even when they were on yeah. their hind legs and stuff. Um, and when they get to, like, Michael Clark Duncan's uh, character, especially, the kind of, like, lip thing that bears have where they look like like Big Al from the Country Bear Jamboree where they're like, <laughs> boo, like that thing. Like, they had a lot of that, which I thought was kind of fun. <laughs> I really I really thought that was cool, all the, all the, all the uh, animation, which is interesting because I feel like they... I'll be honest, I skipped the back a little bit of the documentary um, to get to certain stuff. Because like I've said before, I feel like I've gotten to the point where I watch a Disney documentary. And there's a lot of it that I'm like, yes, I know. First you draw the <laughs> the, the thing in pencil. And then you go over it in ink. And then you do it. Like, I'm like, I, I know how animated movies are made at this point. I want to see how this movie is different than others. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I all, the, all the animal stuff looked really good. Even the moose, which are... I, I there was a part where there were the animators of of the moose who were talking about how weird moose are, like because they got like skinny legs and huge hoofs and like and they're massive, big yeah they're big. Because like, um, I've drawn uh, there's like a museum here where they have like uh just like a stuffed moose and mm-hmm. those things are towering. Yeah, 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 and it's just it's it's a it's a. It's not like a, a, a recreation of a primitive moose. It's a, it's a normal moose now. Yep. 
And tell everybody what you told me about what they teach you in Canadian driving oh, school. Oh, yeah. Um, it, when I took driving school, like, one of the things we we're, were always told was, if there's animals on the road, don't swerve because you could lead into traffic or something. Unless it's a moose. Um, because if you hit a moose, y- you probably will be hurt very badly. Or if you walk away from it, the moose will be mad. Yes. Moose are not to be, regardless of what Brother Bear tells you, moose are not to be trifled with. Don't, don't so mess that's with the moose. one thing I want to get out there. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and start. Uh, I'm gonna, guys. I, I, this is the most daunting task of hosting by myself. Is I want to say how good a job Tara does getting all these notes. Um, she, she, uh, she will be missed on this part <laughs> today because I'm gonna do my best to to reinterpret my notes because I'm trying to write them as they go by and. They're very uh, uh, scattershot. But, so it starts off, we don't really have, we've been talking a lot about with the, with the live actions, the new castle or the interesting way. They've kind of got a, a Disney uh, on a cave wall, it looks like, with like a fire mm-hmm. uh, light in front of it. And it's a very interesting font they use for, for Brother Bear. I, I don't know if that's from anything or just they're like, oh, this looks kind of. Yeah. Um, it, it's like hard to describe, but it just kind of, it, it really suits the setting, I find. It's very cool. But it starts off and, and the storyteller is telling us um, the story, which is the stupidest sentence I've ever said. Um, <laughs> but it's I, does it say here that it's Danahi or does he just say this is my brother's story? Um, th- there are clues to it. Like if yes. you've seen the movie t- many times, because like I've seen it enough times that I can see the similarities where it is an older Danahi and mm-hmm. it has like he has like the same totem. And he even says like, this is a story about my brother. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a it's a spoiler that it's Denahi, but it's like you don't know who Denahi is or anything. Yeah. So like, they, it's just this old man's telling the story, and it yeah. goes back, and it, it I believe the uh, it starts off uh, with the the shaman whose name is I don't get it till later Tanana, yeah, and uh, who my first question was were there women sh- women shamans? Um, I'm sure there were. We talked a lot. What I learned a lot in the Pocahontas episode was the idea of like. You know, there were like a lot of roles that women took versus men, but like a lot of the puritanical thought we have about, you know, men doing certain roles and women's being second in society and also like b- between gender roles and sexualities, yeah. a lot of stuff that was brought on with Christian beliefs. So I think this is probably like not unusual that there would be a, an old woman shaman and she's great. We don't really get a, su- a super big thing about her personality just yet. This is the opening song um sung by uh tina turner did i get the name of this song uh i think it's just great spirits yes oh i got i got spotify open with this oh. thing yeah great spirits by tina turner weirdly not available on spotify it's it's huh. it's grayed out on the brother bear soundtrack um so yeah so they sing a song kind of and if i remember correctly there's kind of just going around showing uh a lot of the animals and stuff like that and then we meet the the brothers Sitka, uh, Danahi, and uh, Kenai, which I'm going to have a real hard time with this. And Kenai brings a, a stampede of caribou towards them. Um, and he says the line, that's why you don't milk a caribou or something like yeah. that. Which is, I was very, intri- all I could think of is um, uh, meet the parents where it's like, I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? I always think that line. <laughs> anyway. Um, you get you get a real quick sense of of their three like Sitka kind of like keeps everything in order and Denahi 
treats Kenai, you know, like a little brother. Um, and Kenai's very much the little brother causing trouble. Yeah, well, now hold on. I'm a little brother, and that's not always true. No, um, so uh, I'm the youngest too, so it's fine. Yeah, so he's kind of, you know, uh, causing a lot of trouble. They start, they talk about it's today is the day that he's got his ceremony to get his totem. But first, you know, like, which is, you know, a big thing in the, in their, their village, their tribe. And, but first they have to go, um, get some fish. So they do some stuff where they're in kayaks and they're like kayaking down through snow, which I'm like, that looks really cool. But that seems like, is that something they did? Is is that just a fun thing they put in there? Who knows? Like, was, I, I could believe it. Um, yes. Just if you would need to get somewhere faster. It's like a sled pretty much. Yes. I actually think this might be where the song's still going, the the Great Spirits. Yeah. So they're doing a lot of that. They're catching the fish. They're coming back, and they're getting ready. Because the whole idea is, like, we need to go do this before we can go to the... the uh, uh, um, ceremony. The ceremony. Uh, he's excited to get his totem. I don't know. I think they talk about their totems after the ceremony. Yes. But uh, Kenai goes to tie the fish up in the tree. Um, and then as he's leaving, it falls down, and he's just like, eh, and he keeps going. So they go to the ceremony, and to, I love this ceremony because it's simultaneously it's interesting because I feel like in other things they'll put it as like a very like serious ceremony, and like it just seems so friendly. Like yeah. that the the shaman goes up to start the ceremony, and that little girl just like runs up to her, and she's like, "Oh, hello!" and like picks her up, yeah, and talks about family and how important it is, like no matter what your totem is to mm-hmm. you know to, to to follow it. The idea is that you if you follow your totem and live your life by that. Um, ideal you'll get to put your handprint on the wall and it's all the people in the village who have done this before and so um kenai comes up and he's he's been talking about he wants to get at least i don't know if he said specifically when he gets what he wants to get but he wants to get something dealing with like strength or or being a great warrior yeah like bravery just anything in that category yeah yeah yeah. and they give him the bear of love they say they say love will be his his totem and he's like love and i like that with this i feel like you know we talk a lot about like the ones that should be remade in live action or 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 whatever um you know it's hard to say lion king yeah. is not a live action remake because <laughs> it's all cgi yep. it's just a cgi remake um and, and this one's also mostly animals but like this idea of like he says at one point like uh, do you really think love has anything to do with being a man? And I think that's like something to explore nowadays with dealing yeah. with toxic masculinity and, and what it means. And I think that was pretty, pretty, they do a pretty good job through the whole thing of like that being, uh, you know, an, an important thing to look to. So obviously Danahi starts making fun of him and says, lover boy, and starts making fun of the whole love being his totem and makes a little flower hat for him and puts it on and starts throwing the petals around going, he loves me. He loves me. I thought it was pretty funny. Like they did a good job of making it seem funny without being like, like they, kind of bringing gender stuff into like it. They really portrayed how brothers would mess with each other. Yes. We talked about that a lot at the, at the beginning where Danahi does the loogie trick, which is like, I thank God every day. My sister didn't <laughs> do that to me. Like, it's so gross where you like, get the loogie dripping down and like suck it up at the last thing. Gross. Um, they're doing that. They're talking about that. And it turns out they go back and the, a bear has stolen all the fish because obviously, uh, Kenai made the fish or didn't make the fish. He forgot to, to hang him up properly in the tree. Um, so he grabs a spear and goes after it. 
later they see, he he comes upon a bear. Now this is a bear. It's interesting how they draw this bear and animate it as opposed to you know the Disney looking bears with like actual eyes, like human looking eyes. This one just has like kind of black eyes. I don't think it looks yeah. suspe- sus- specifically monstrous but it definitely looks like a dumb animal as opposed to something with like feelings and emotions they're trying to portray later with coda and kenai uh spoiler alert kenai turns into a bear um i know sorry so he goes to get the bear and then like denahi and sitka see him kind of like fall off a cliff and they go to get him he's like no look out for the bear and the bear goes and is kind of like attacking them. It it it's interesting because it's not super offensive, but it's definitely it looks like it's trying to you know it's a big it's being, giant bear. It's, it's being, being like a bear. territorial too. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even say territorial. Like obviously, uh, the bear was attacked first. Yeah. So as they're fighting, Sitka does this bit where because they're on a big like ice shelf, and he like jabs his spear into the ice and causes a crack that takes down him and the bear to protect his brothers. And then the bear comes up out of the water and walks away, but Sitka doesn't come up. They go down and look for him, and they find his his hood, um, which he had a cool hood. I want to see him with that yep. hood up with like the actual antlers on it. <laughs> but anyway, so Sitka dies, and this is the first time I'm like, oh my god! Like as soon as he started like going, that thing, I was like, what's happening? This movie's intense. I will say this movie has some pretty. I mean, they did say they wanted to give a Bambi vibe, and indeed they did in many parts. But there's a lot of death in this for anyone, you know. <laughs> trigger warning or spoiler alert or whatever um so they have a a, a, you know a funeral or a ceremony for Sitka and talk about how he's one with the spirits now and uh Kenai goes after the bear Denahi doesn't go with him um and he throws his bear totem down and he runs off with a spear and he goes to attack the bear and they kind of do it in a way he ends up killing the bear but they do it in a way where like he kind of holds out his spear and and closes his eyes and the bear like starts to fall and they cut to like the mountain and you just hear which is way done way better in that than i just did um but yeah so he kills that bear and then immediately we go into this like scene where the, the the northern lights come out and there's all these animals in them and the spirits are kind of running around uh Kenai and then a great eagle comes out and changes into Sitka does he change into Sitka here uh yes and it's like Sitka's like really disappointed in Kenai yeah he has he has a very disappointed look and then he lifts Kenai up into the air and then um Kenai changes into a bear and he puts him down now around this time Denahi is taken off after Kenai um I am shocked at how well I'm getting these names uh, I was really worried at first. Uh, so Denahi, because uh, it kept because like none of them are those words in my notes. Every time I wrote something on my phone, it would auto correct it to Denali or like <laughs> or like Canon instead of Kenai. I'm like, okay, I'm like I'm not gonna get this anyway. So Denahi goes up and you know goes to attack the bear, but he well he he goes up to see what if if Kenai's okay, and he sees Kenai's clothes and then a bear, and so he assumes the worst. And chases the bear. Uh, 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 Kenai bear falls off and in, into the river. Yeah, there's a lot of falling off into the river in this movie. Now that I think about it, there's a lot of mountains. Uh, there's a lot of mountains, a lot of rivers. So uh, Kenai falls into the river. Um, right here, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this. This movie, when you start watching it, you might think, well, the the aspect ratio is very strange because it's like really uh, thin. It's yes. not super. It's not widescreen. Now. It, we switch this part where it's it's Kenai's point of view, 
and he opens his eyes and it's as you said i think in the, the beginning yeah. we now have the full widescreen it's much brighter um and tanana the the sh- the the shaman is there and this is the part tara if you're listening if you've gotten this far stop and watch the movie i'm <laughs> sure you'll watch the movie but and, and you could probably chime in on the facebook and anybody else can too but this i immediately went this is a character tara would really like because she's like talking to kenai and Kenai's like, oh my gosh, I'm a bear. You'll never believe what. And then it cuts to what Tan- Tanana can hear. Tanana? How do you say your name? Uh, Tanana. Tanana? That's not okay. And she just hears like, you know, she just hears bear. She's like, oh, I don't speak bear. And then he starts running around or like trying to run around. And this whole scene is animated really, really well, I think. Because Kenai's just freaking out. Cause he's freaking out. It's really funny initially he doesn't realize he's been turned into a bear and then she's just like yes. i don't speak bear and he's like what are you talking about and then he uh, sees yeah oh yeah he looks in the ri- in the river um i like this is the first part where the movie i think gets like humorous yes and i don't feel like it's i i think the him you know keen i getting made fun of is kind of funny but this is like full, this to me is it felt like a a, a lift yeah and it, i'm really glad we got to this part like because the beginning of the movie is pretty serious but not it's, it's just very earnest and it's not like funny at all yeah, so it's like it's establishing like the brothers relationships and then it has to cr- quickly put in the motivation of kenai going after this bear and right 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 literally we have sitka and a bear killed and yeah it's, so it's which like is... you, you need that change of pace for a bit i will i will write when sitka went down i went this bear has major go away heat that was a <laughs> that was a, a note i wrote we'll get back to that later but this is the first part I thought that was like slapstick funny, and yes. she's like explaining to him, um, "You have to go to where the earth meets the lights, or the earth meets the sky. The lights touch the earth. The lights touch the earth." And he's like, "What does that mean?" And of course, she disappears because she's like a crazy old woman. Um, so then, oh yeah, this is when he starts realizing who that he can understand what all the other animals are saying, which is some funny scenes. Uh, some little goose is like. I don't want to fly anymore. And the, you hear the dad be like, I'm going to turn this formation around. You know, a little bunch of jokes like that. This is where you meet Took. Yep. Not Took. I say Took, but it's Took. Took and Rut. And they, and this is Rick Moranis, Dave Thomas. And they're definitely like the, the, the comic relief of this. In some cases, they're just kind of along for the ride because they're funny. And I, I'm wondering how much was improv, how much was them kind of, doing stuff we talked a lot about how i watched with subtitles and they didn't put a in the <laughs> subtitles a lot and they say like hey a oh, beauty a eh? you know and they do that whole bit yep. they say sorry which is my favorite thing i've realized recently about canada pe- canadian people <laughs> is how you you all say sorry um and he's and you know Kenai's trying to explain to them I, i'm a man i'm not a bear i'm a man and they're like oh sure i'm a squirrel and i'm a wolverine and they're you know just kind of being goofy and so he keeps going I think, oh, I want to back up a little because when he was hunting the bear, uh, you asked if we got bears in Austin, which we do not. And we had a long discussion about (laughs) different wildlife that's like, I wouldn't, I mean, it's native to this area, but it's also stuff that like, we have mountain lions. Like there was a mountain lion in our neighborhood a year or two ago and everyone like, Again, we're getting. I feel like we're getting more stuff with the pandemic, kind of. You know, not as much in Texas. We yeah. don't need to go into that. But with most people staying indoors, 
Like, I think it allows wildlife to do more stuff. But a few years back, we had a, a mountain lion, and all these jerks on the, the Facebook page were like, there's no mountain lions. And then someone, like, posted footage from their, like, ring doorbell of it. And they're like, oh, no mountain lions, huh? And they were like, all of a sudden, those guys shut up. Like, these guys who are, like, hunters or something that they're like, let me tell you, there's no around here. Um, now, but you say you grew up to where sometimes you'd look outside and see a bear. Uh, yeah, like, basically, we're... Like, not so much now because of development has pushed them further away, but right. bears were very normal where I lived. Um, there were mornings where you'd see a bear on the front yard, and if it was cubs, you would stay indoors a bit longer. Yeah. Yes, don't mess with, if you see cubs, that means a mom's nearby and you want to not be yeah. there. Isn't that what happens in The Revenant? Like, he sees, like, a smaller bear run away, and then he looks in the other direction and realizes he's in between them. Have you seen The Revenant? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, whew. Speaking of bear movies. <laughs> um, But, yeah. So, he tries to go off, and he gets caught in a trap. One of those ones that, like, lifts him from his hind leg, and he's hanging in the air. And this is when Coda shows up. Coda's a small bear who offers to get him out of, a tra- out of the trap. And it's just a fun little brother character like this is the character they originally wanted to be an older bear and then turned into like a a, like this is a very chatty kid a very chatty kid who's like i don't know if he does it here but he's like if i see a hunter i'm gonna use some karate and like does like his martial arts moves but he's like very talkative and is very annoying to Kenai who's trying to use his smarts you know keeps thinking i'm i'm smarter than i'm smarter than the average bear (laughs) Um, he is trying to get out of the trap using his human smarts and Coda, you know, eventually gets him out of there and says, you, I'll, if I get you out, you have to help me get to the salmon run. Uh, you know, I, I've lost my mom. I can't find her, but usually we go to the salmon run, you know, so we're going to, we're going to meet her there. And Kenai eventually like says yes. Around this time, Denahi shows up because he thinks, you know, he's wrapped uh Kenai's totem around a spear he's sworn revenge he's coming after the bear so Denahi is kind of the villain in this more of the antagonist <laughs> yeah. than the villain and I think at the end of the day we're like I don't think there's a villain in this so yeah. we'll probably be skipping it like which is interesting because I've been reading a lot of stuff about we're we're fret we're just stuck right in the middle of Encanto fever okay right now and uh i like us as a society yeah. i feel like i'm seeing all this stuff and everyone keeps talking about how there's no villain in encanto and how refreshing that is but here we are yep. in 2003 there's no villain it's like it, it's a minor antagonist but i think this one's more of it's like they, they're their own worst villain well uh, i think yeah denahi goes through a journey as well yeah. um and i even don't think he, he is a villain i think at one point he's just confused and a block between Kenai yeah. and what he needs to figure out. He's just a poor guy who just lost two brothers that he thinks to a bear. Yes. They go off and they get, um, like, he kind of tells Coda, I'm not going to help you. You know, I got to get going. I got to do this. And Coda goes, oh, you're going to love the salmon run. It's where the, you get to see where the lights touch the mountain. He's like, wait, now what? And so he's going to go with um. But then Denahi, attack, Denahi goes after him. They hide in a, in a, in a cavern like an ice cave it's like a glacier yes one. and so they they take off and they start to head there and this is when we get uh is it on my way is the name of this song yep yep the phil, Phil Call. yes and we get to hear this is what we get to hear i got to hear carly goes there's phil <laughs> so that was fun um 
eventually Denahi kind of runs into uh Took and and Rut and they think he he's being followed so they take they take off and eventually catch back up. Um there's like a montage during on my way where Kenai and Coda are getting closer and it's going through all the stuff they're going through and the, the moose catch up with them and they're like they're following you they can find your your trail and so Kenai's like I got an idea and so they all start riding mammoths which I'm like these mammoths are the most patient mammoths in the world if they're letting like two moose and two and, bears and bears just kind of like hang on them and they're letting them go they let's see they they during this time uh they start talking you know coda says you know says oh i love the northern lights that's where all the spirits are and kenai is like oh you believe in the spirits too he goes yeah my grandparents are up there and kenai is like well i have a brother up there and coda's like oh you know he's this too young to you know basically like a nice way of saying like your brother a brother is too young to 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 be a spirit already and they're asking about how he died he said he was killed by a monster um Let's see what else and they I like, say. Um, in that reading too, it's like you can hear it where he's like about to say bear, but he stops yeah, yeah, himself. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't really told Coda that he's a, a human in bear form, yeah. and they start. And and Coda thanks the spirits for setting Kenai on the journey so he could have a brother. So he he's always wanted an older brother, and you know that kind of becomes the thing where he he he's they get really close. I think you were talking about. And another point, like, they have a really good back and forth. Yeah, because it's, like, there's times where they bicker, as siblings do, but also right. get really close, and it's, like, look out for each other. Kenai is voiced by Walking Phoenix, and if I remember correctly, he came from, that's a pretty big family, the Phoenix, that, yeah. like, so I think that might be why he's so good at, like, playing kind of annoyed and then kind of, um, you know, into the little brother and, like, as he's, yeah. he's being a good big brother. It's interesting. Kenai, you know, is the youngest of his human brothers. So having a younger brother gives him some perspective, I think. Yeah. I forgot why when they, oh, he gets mad at him because they're lost. Coda realizes he doesn't know where they are. And they're like, okay, well, we got to figure this out. And he gets bad. He gets mad. He goes, I, I think I know where we need to go because uh, Bucky, my friend Bucky and I used to play around here. And Kenai's like, I don't care about you and Binky. And he goes, first of all, it's Bucky. And apparently that was Joaquin Phoenix had made a mistake on the recording. Yep. And uh, the the uh, Coda actor called him out on it. So that was kind of fun. But then they find these cave drawings and they come upon one of like a big monstrous bear fighting like a, a stick drawing of a person with a spear. And Kenai's kind of looking at it. And that's when Coda walks up and goes, those monsters sure are scary, uh, especially with those sticks. And that's when I was like, oh like like i i was like legitimately like oh like i you know these are pretty broad not subtle like this is the message we're trying to get across it's the kind of message you expect in a this is like that first point where like they really start hidden of what the purpose of his journey is right 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 but i was still you know like oh like i don't know it's still got to me despite it being pretty um small so there so they run into some rams, which the rams have this little, like, they keep running into stuff kind of like in Finding Nemo, where it's like, now we'll have a little scene with this animal. So they have these rams who are, like, running into each other and being like, oh, did the girls see? Did the girls see? Which I thought that was funny. And then they see, uh, Coda's like, oh, yeah, we just have to go through here. And then they show this geyser monstrous field. nightmare scape of a geyser field, <laughs> which I was like, oh, they have to go through Mordor. 
And they start going through there, and that's when Denahi catches up with them, and they have kind of a fight action scene through there. Um, and they get to the end of it, and there's a ravine with a tree across it. And they run across the tree, and then Denahi tries to get him, and then he, like, as they're crossing, like, lifts the tree and moves it, which I'm like, okay, this is showing a level of strength that's impossible. Um, the bears are okay, but Denahi's really mad about it, and he jumps across and grabs under the tree, and the tree starts falling. And the whole time, Kenai's, like, trying to help him a little bit, but Denahi's not seeing it and not having it, and he falls into the water. Another Again, another fall from a great height into a river. Uh, and then kind of floats away. Um, For a movie without like a villain, there's a lot of fallen like from the great heights. <laughs> yes. So at this point, they arrive at the salmon run, and they kind of meet the other bears. And this is where Encoda kind of reveals that Kenai has been like a bad bear, which I don't know that they got across super well, like with Coda. Yeah. But he's like, oh yeah, he doesn't know how to co- to scratch bark or do this and everyone's like real suspicious of him not real suspicious yeah. but kind of like oh that's weird because it's like well he says like he's never hibernated he drinks yes. from a leaf so then they invite him into the uh, uh thing and that's when we get family which is by the blind boys of alabama and phil collins um and they sing and it's kind of like this fun little thing where they're very welcoming and they're they're all chased they're all you know kind of relaxing and eating salmon and all that and you know, it's a big visual number. And at the end, they uh, all have, they have like a half of a fish. That was the one thing about this is they spend this whole movie telling you how all the animals have personalities and motions. And there's this huge thing where they're just eating salmon. <laughs> and they even talk about someone having a salmon totem at one point. So I'm like, clearly there's another version of the story where he turns into a salmon to learn a lesson. And it's horrific. <laughs> Uh, but so they're sitting there with half a salmon and they throw it around and everyone's supposed to say something very interesting that happened in that year. And there's some funny stuff there. The one is the old woman bear who's oh, like, my yeah. Edgar died. And then you hear a voice in the background being like, I told you I'm not dead, you know, kind of jokes. So they're all passing that stuff that around. Um, and it gets to Kenai and he says, I had to go on this amazing adventure with the uh, most annoying little bear ever. And I wouldn't have it any other, you know, kind of like, bleeds him up and then is like and i i discovered i wanted a little brother like or whatever and then Kenai goes well i had i had something interesting this year and this is the point where if you haven't seen the movie you might want to watch it i have from here on out this is where i went what like i like and the scene is shot in a way where it's a revelation to one character yep. but that is exactly how i felt so Kenai is like well let me tell you the story my mom fought off these three humans yeah, or Coda, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I saw these three humans. And you see Kenai be like, wait, what? And then realize that it's that was his mom. Coda is telling the story of his mom fighting off Kenai, Denahi, and Sitka. And then he doesn't know the part where then Kenai tracked her down and killed her. Because yeah. that's when he when Coda got separated from them. And I it was just like like someone dropped like a grenade. I was like, what? And I just, I like did not know what to do with that information. I was like, oh my God, this movie. So Kenai like runs off into the woods, distraught. And I will say what I did like here is Coda goes after him and Kenai, they cut to Kenai explaining like while a song's going on, like telling, like revealing everything. Yeah. So there's not that typical movie thing. Like Coda of, like, finds out some other way. 
or yeah like and then he's like you lied to me like Kenai's like i'm gonna come clean like right immediately. now yeah and and coda you know it, they do the thing where it, it, you were just saying they were doing a thing where they're in a big rotation around yeah, it, the animated characters it, it's like a really nice shot where it's like the camera's rotating around them and so just like having the two of them animated being rotated but then also like there's these overlays showing like their expressions so yes it's like the animator had to animate the rotation of them and then like the acting in that rotation while also mm-hmm. acting it in this overlay and it's yeah. just such a beautiful shot it's a very impressive shot but it's also the way they do it is like it kind of fades in and out between the phil collins song and them talking and there's a part where Cody goes i don't think i like this story and i was like Ugh! like i was just devastated yeah. So Kodo runs off, climbs up a tree. Kenai is just upset. And so he starts taking off up the mountain because I think he's like, I got to change back. Yeah. Uh, around this time, Took and uh, Rut. Rut come back and they've been in a car accident. No, no, it's a mammoth accident. <laughs> I was literally like, car accident. And like, uh, Took, is Took the one that's Rick Moranis or is it Rut? Uh, is that Rut? Rut, Rut is okay. Rick Moranis. Rut has lost one of his antlers and you know, they, they start having this argument and then he's like, I, but I love, I love you. You know, like they, they admit that they love you. Actually, I love do. And there's a reason for that. You got to watch it to do. It. I'm not going to remember the actual <laughs> joke, but they start revealing that, but they do that in front of Coda. And that's when Coda realizes like, I got to forgive my brother, quote unquote. Yeah. And I got to go help him. So keen eyes up on the mountain. He's like calling out to Sitka. You got to help, you know, what do I gotta do? Oh, previous to this, Denahi's like at a fire and an eagle lands near him and then flies off towards the mountain so he knows where to go. And that's probably Sitka. <laughs> so don't kick me right in the kidneys. God. <laughs> she just she rolls over and kicks me. I will rub your belly. Oh God. Okay. Um, so Denahi comes up there. He's got this craze look in his eye. And he's going after uh bear kenai and coda comes up and like tackles him and then steals his spear and then um kenai's all this chasing after denahi to stop him from hurting yes and denahi does the same thing where he turns around and like holds the spear out and closes his eyes and kenai starts to fall on him and i thought and then they cut to away from the mountain and i was like i'm done with this movie (laughs) i don't know what to do with this um, and they cut back, and it's the eagle spirit has grabbed Kenai as a bear, and it's lifting him up. And Kenai is turning back into Kenai. And Denahi realizes what's going on. They have a talk, but then Koda's out there, and Kenai goes to him and is like, It's me. And he's looking very upset because Koda doesn't know what to do. And Kenai and lo- can no longer understand him either because yes. he's a Yeah, because he's not a bear. And he, and he looks at... Now, do we hear the bears talk again in the movie? Uh, yes, because... Okay, we do. Oh. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that part. in a sec. Yeah. So he looks back and he says, and this is the part where I was like, are they going to let Coda into the village? Like this part is, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do here. And then Kenai goes, "I he needs me. At which point I'm like, holy cow, they're going to turn him back into a bear. What a good ending. Like, and why not? Like it's, yeah. it's fantasy. So like, we don't have to worry about like, like they, he can hang out with the village. It's, they could just have a bear. Yeah. Cause I was like, what a good, like, and I didn't see it coming. But it's, of, of course, the right ending. Of course, yes. what they needed to do. Um, so, 
Sitka turns him back. Sitka has revealed himself as the spirit, and like the three brothers are reunited as a bear, a man, and a spirit, which I thought was really nice. Because it, it's, it's like such a beautiful shot to see them like all hugged. All, and it's just all this, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they've all reached different parts of the journey. And Danahi's like, you know, whatever you choose, like, you're still my brother. And so, you know, Kenai turns back to a bear so he can help Koda. At one point, I was like, maybe they're going to turn Koda into a human. That seems weird. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just under the impression that the way Disney's movies work <laughs> is they turn back into humans. Yeah. Uh, other than Shrek. So, I... And then, they go uh, back to... Koda sees, the, like, his mom's spirit. Yes! Oh, and I yep. started, like, opening, like, a water faucet. I was just like, what? Yep. Like, they, they cut back to, an, like, no, it's when they're hugging, they look off screen, yeah. and then Coda is hugging his spirit bear mom. And I was like, how dare you, Carly? How dare you not tell me about this? I am. I was just like, I was like, oh, God. And then Sitka and Mama Bear go, like, flying off of this guy, which is funny because they show that animation in the making of but they show it just as pencil drawings of just the bear and the eagle okay. with the background. And I went, well, that looks like crap. They're just <laughs> like running off into the sky. What a terrible. And now, and now like, I saw oh it. My I was God. like, oh my God. And so this is the point in the movie where like it all came together and whatever, like, you know, I enjoyed the movie getting to this point, but this point specifically like really congealed everything to me to the point where I was like, you know, this is this is uh, now. I would like to watch this movie yes. again. Spoiler alert for what we say at the end, but I was I was shocked yeah. again. This was a movie I expected to be like looking at my phone a lot more for, <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. It was still very good. So we cut back to the village. They're doing what looks like another so, totem like, ceremony. Yeah, it's like the same. Like they're kind of repeating the process of like light in the fire. Everyone's doing the yes. dance. It it seems like someone yes. else is getting a new totem. Right. And Danahi starts talking in the old man voice from the beginning is like, this is the story. You know, I, I spread this story amongst my people so they would learn from it. It's the story about how my brother went from being a child to a man by becoming a bear. And then they separate the aisle and then here comes Kenai. I am a stan for this movie now. It's like, yeah. I'm like already like, yeah. So they separate and then the bear comes down. And so he gets to put his claw mark where all the other handprints are on the wall. And I was like, all right. And that's when I was like, this movie, while not like, like this is the perfect ending for this story. Yes. And I'm so glad because I didn't see it coming exactly like this. You know, like there was a lot of twists. I, I, I can't express how great it was to watch this movie without knowing anything. This is where the movie ends, by the way. It's just yeah. kind of this. And then they do the... Um, Goofy, like, bloopers. Bloopers, which are pretty funny. Kind of, I think, you know, something they were doing around this time because of, like, Toy Story and the Pixar stuff was doing mm -hmm. them. Uh, which, you know, there's a lot of extra work that goes into creating these because you can't just, like, cut film and go, oh, look, a nope. blooper. And, and, and those like, are only some of them because, uh, like I was saying, on the DVD, they, they have more of them. Well, these are, like, these aren't bloopers that are, like, the people messing up. This yeah. is written quote unquote bloopers and funny little things. Yeah. Um but yeah, I you know like like I cannot tell you how satisfying this ending was to me. Which is really it's probably my favorite part about this movie was how the ending yeah, came together. Yeah, cuz it's like such a good character journey and it's one that you just don't think is going to happen cuz you just assume he by the end he's going to turn back into a human and that's why it was like at the start I'm like 
uh, just leave it for you to find out because he does technically yeah. turn back into a human, but then he chooses to turn back into a bear. And that's the thing when when people if people were to ask me about this, I wouldn't even say like I can't tell them like oh the ending's great because I feel like that changes yeah. your perception of the ending. So I feel like I just want to like you know if you tell people about this movie, guys, just say you know like it's a great movie, check it out. Or it's like um, a, it's a good film about brotherhood. Yeah, and that was something we were talking. Well, we'll get to that in a sec. So let's let's go to the questions. Yep. Uh, how is the princess? The princess in this case, of course, is is can can I? Can I? Yeah. Uh, he was great. Like, I love his journey he goes on because it's like he starts as he thinks he did nothing wrong. And yeah. then he spends this journey learning that is like, oh, bears aren't so bad, actually, because he was convinced that they're monsters. And then he, he still didn't think he did anything wrong. It was just his brother's punishing him for some reason. But then he finally learns what he did wrong and immediately well, owns up to it. Let me also say that I didn't think he did anything wrong. I think some of it is like I was Kanai in this like <laughs> in this movie is because I go he killed a bear. I mean like that bear was protecting him, but like you know like I guess like that sucks to kill a bear. Like I was like oh that's not too bad, and then I was like she's a mom, she's Koda's mom. Oh no! Like you know like I think I went on that same revel- revelation as him, so that's why I think he was so you know, relatable is because I felt like I was going on that same journey. I was like, yeah. I don't see why he needs to turn into a bear. This it's is... more than just a bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 well, it's, it's that, but it's also just like respecting the world. Like, cause I think if like that bear they, in this world and in the morality of this, if that bear was attacking the village, they'd be like, yeah, yeah. kill the bear. It was like, this bear wasn't doing anything to begin yeah. with. Like the only reason it got the fish is cause you left it. Let you, you skirted your responsibilities. Yes. And so that's kind of, that is, I, I, you know, anyway, I, I, I think that's why I liked him is cause. I mean, I didn't really think about him much as much as I did, like, the journey. Because, again, it was me. It was me going on this journey. Like, anyway. Um, I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a pretty good job. Yes. I liked him better as the bear than I did the human, which I guess is the point. Because by the end, he makes the decision yeah. to stay a bear. Uh, that transformation at the end where you see, like, it's a close-up on him trans- transforming. Yeah, like, just, like, slow, like, facial details switching. Yes, yes. Was very, very yeah. good. How was the prince? Got to be Coda, right? Coda's Definitely the Coda. Prince. I liked Coda. He was I think adorable. better than Kanai. Yeah, he was very adorable. He was very funny. Like he played kind of the annoying little brother, but in a way that was endearing yes. to us. That was believable. That Kanai would be annoyed by him, but was not annoying to the audience. And it was just he was being a little brother. Yes. Let me give real quick. Let me look up the voice actor because I want to yeah. give him credit. It's funny because the picture on IMDb, I looked it up a little later, uh, has him like as an adult now. So Jeremy Suarez, who you might know from uh, the Bernie Mac show, and I guess he was in Jerry Maguire. So, Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, liked him a lot. Thought he was well cast. Thought he did a good job with the role he was given. Uh, The sidekicks. Rotten (laughs) Two. They were hilarious. Like, I don't think they added, I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't put them up there with the huge pantheon of sidekick characters because they weren't, like, they didn't have a lot to do with the plot. They were obviously just there to, yeah. to bring some levity to the story. But I thought they did a good job and they didn't outstay their welcome. And, like, they were good at the end because, like, that, like, having them as brothers and for kind of being a tool for Coda to l- learn, it's like, oh, this 
just it was like more to they served as a motivator for Coda to go reco- like yeah, back to, to, to Kenai. To, to, to that final step. Uh, but for the rest of the time, they were just very lighthearted after especially very heavy scenes. Did you find that they were uh, offensive in any way being a Canadian? I, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I I always thought they were hilarious. Um, and though actually I think when I first saw because I was a kid when I saw this movie. Um, but I think back then I didn't realize A was a stereotype because I remember one year I got like a Canadian t-shirt that said Canada A. And I was like, why does it say that? <laughs> my parents had to explain to me. I don't know if you know this or I pointed out i am of course wearing my alpha flight t-shirt which is the canadian marvel supergroup okay uh I, I it was kind of a little right before i realized this is all alaskan and not technically canadian but i'm i'm sporting some uh support for our our, our northern brothers and sisters um so i like them uh the next question favorite musical number uh i liked the welcome to our family for me, it's uh, definitely like the Great Spirit song because yes, uh, there have been like many times I'm just working and I'll listen to the soundtrack. Um, another one I it's... do like, but it's more only on the soundtrack is uh, the Transformation song because that one is actually done in. I won't even try to pronounce the name of the language because it's it's like a um, indigenous language, but. Hmm. The actual English words from it, I because there's like a Phil Collins version with the English. Yeah, I saw that on the on the album. That, yeah. that one's a really good song too. But I, I would say uh, just like the Great Spirit song. I I think I also liked On My Way, which I think is like the big song yeah. people know from this. But the the other one with the Blind Boys of Alabama were very good. Yeah. Um, does it hold up? Now we talked a little bit about this as we were watching it, but yeah. female character agency. This is a story about brothers yeah and i think when we say things like we want to see more female stories we don't want to like take away from brother stories this is a very specific story about brothers that could only be told probably not only but was told in the way of three brothers and and what brothers mean and i think that's brotherly love is very important as a certain thing i think if you tell the story with sisters you can you can certainly tell a very similar story with sisters it's just going to be very different like you can't just yep. slot them in and out that in this frozen. case have it feel the same <laughs> yes then you have exactly good thing good good awesome um but i will say that it would have been nice to see more female side characters yeah like for like, like just like those kind of like one-off sequences yeah, like it was all dudes they were seeing. Um, I loved uh, Tanana the sh- the shaman 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 shaman. Yeah. Um, she was great. Uh, I think the only other like major female character I can believe I can remember are the old woman. The bear. one ba- the old woman. So you have three three old woman bear. So crone. These are the only three roles women's can have. Crone, the love interest of another bear. Or mother. There was the mother who had no lines but had like nine children who was like, her totem was patience or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's a little problematic. So I would like to see like, the like whereas we don't need to just go, okay, slot these people into a brother story that works for every, it's a different story otherwise. I think we need to like fill in the cast with, yeah, you know, because that's the thing with the, the bears. When they go to the bear thing, it should, it shouldn't be like when you see a female bear, like, that's her character trait. She's female. Yeah. That's what makes her different. Like the default shouldn't be male. Yeah. 
that's the thing. It's interesting. We talk a lot about that a lot in the game industry when we name like assets and it's like human model. And then it's like the, the next one is human model female. Oh, yeah. And I have a friend who's like, okay, it should be human model male and human model, model female yeah. and not human model and human model female. And it's like, and I really, really think about that a lot now. But anyway, the default is not male. That's what I'm yep. getting at. Um, guns and firearms. There's a lot of spear, spear death in this. Yeah. In this one. There's a. I will say this is not a movie that's like, you know, it's it's. I thought it was great and a great movie, but like there is some death in here, while not gunplay. That is yeah. could be a little intense. Um, ethnic representation. I think on screen there's a lot of representation. I would have liked to have maybe had some more uh, indigenous actors mm-hmm. or any. I don't know exactly what Joaquin Phoenix's background is. Yeah, um, they did have some uh, actor- actors of color and performers of color in this. Uh, you know, Tina Turner, Blind Boys of Alabama, Michael Clark Duncan, and Coda's voice actor. Um, all people of color, so that's nice. But I think we're we want to get closer and closer to an authentic people telling these stories, mm-hmm. um, which we didn't do here. No drinking and smoking. Though there was that reference that you said with the moose at the end. Oh, well, <laughs> that, that, that was like, okay. that went over my head. Cause I didn't even know that. <laughs> like, well, exactly. Now. Th- so the only reference that your kid isn't going to eat is they talk about going and finding some nice malted barley with maybe some hops to, to eat, which are the ingredients for beer. There's no way your kid's going to know that. And the only reason I'm being very sticky about that yeah. one is because I'm really recently on you on Facebook trying to sell brewing equipment. And Facebook's like, uh-uh, this is alcohol related. And I'm like, there's, I'm not selling alcohol. I'm selling like the means to make beer. Anyway, it's been yeah. a big thing with Facebook Marketplace. But anyway, yes, that was that joke in there. It was yeah. those are the ingredients to have beer. Um, yeah, so final question. Do we th- put this in the vault or do we... Uh, get a clamshell edition and put it up on the shelf. Now, I believe your answer is you already own the edition. Uh, yep. I own it. Well, not clamshell because that I don't, but right, I have right, a right. DVD version of it that I still watch regularly. I'm wondering if you can get like clamshell, like, cause I know you can get, uh, things that look like oh, that'd be you neat. can get movies on VHS. Now, like it's all like, V- VHS, I think, or v- yeah. VHS is starting to become like vinyl. Yes. I mean, less than vinyl because vinyl has like a very good quality for certain music, whereas yeah. I don't think VHS is a great quality for anything. It's it's a specific quality that's supposed to invoke nostalgia. Okay. So I think they take new movies and put them on VHS. I know Stranger Things, they release like VHS versions. Oh, that's cool. But things like that. So I wonder if there's something you could do. I'm gonna look into that. If you guys know anything like that, like maybe it's just it's a it looks like a clamshell, but you open it up and you put DVDs <laughs> in it. I think that'd be fun as a way to, to store these. I would also do get a get a clamshell version. I really am shocked at how much I enjoyed this. Um, I'm not shocked. I will say, well, I don't want to reveal anything about Home on the Range. Home on the Range is next time. You'll find out exactly what we thought about that. But I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this. Again, I think I'd even enjoy it better the second time. I'm ready to watch it again. I would do it. I would put it on. Like, if I got stuff to do today, I would put it on almost right right away and do that. So, um, yeah. So, thanks so much, Carly, for being on this uh, uh, kind of unusual version <laughs> of, of our show. We always appreciate having you and, and, your, and your expertise into this field. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, 
as you know, we always ask our guests to plug something, whether it's a personal project, um, something they've been enjoying lately, or a piece of media, uh, like a piece of media you've been enjoying lately, or just a general sentiment you want to put out there in the world. Uh, please feel free to plug away. Okay. Um, well, I'm hoping to start it up again, just doing like daily drawn now that the new year's started. Um, so could probably check the weekly updates on that on Anna Empire. Is 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 it just A N I dash E and then Empire? <laughs> Empire at uh that one's on Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Though I'm so usually like more active on my Facebook because social media is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will put that all up yeah. on there so everyone can do. But yeah, if you guys didn't know, I think we've said it before. Carly is the artist behind our. Uh, logo and we're really glad that she was able to do that because I love that logo. I keep looking at it. I keep thinking about like changing, like asking you to maybe do <laughs> different versions, which we may talk about later. Uh, but love it, love it so much. So thank you again, Carly. Um, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, Tara will be back in these next few episodes. We've already recorded them, so I can guarantee it. Uh, but until next time, always remember to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend about our little podcast. Uh, but we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is to at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh